Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We are here with a very special editor show today, and all of us have a lot of fun tips um, and things to share with you today. So we're excited you're here. So I'm here with Lisa Schumacher, who is the editor of Quilt Sampler, and we're going to do a fun Q&A with her to get to know her a little better. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Okay, we're going to put her in the hot seat, and we have a lot of great questions to ask her. Okay, so first of all, how did you get started working in the quilting group? Well, I started working at Meredith Publishing, which is our parent company, a long time ago, back in 1999, and I worked for another magazine and then heard about an opening with the quilting group and was excited to meet and work with a bunch of creative people and also find my creative outlet. So that's kind of how it started. I started um, with the quilting group in February of 2008, and I was the interactive editor. So I did a lot of the um, the web traffic and website, and that was well before we had the podcast and social media, but that's kind of how I started. Fun. Um, and you're now the editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what this magazine is. So Quilt Sampler is different from all of our other quilting magazines because we feature 10 locally owned quilt shops in North America, and we actually go to that quilt, those 10 quilt shops for each issue and take photos of the shop, kind of capture the essence inside the shop, and then also ask the shop owners to design and create a an exclusive project to be featured in the magazine. So it has the shop profile component as well as a project component. So that's what makes Quilt Sampler really special. I love it. So explain a little bit more about what you do as the editor of Quilt Sampler. So as the editor, I really take care a lot of a lot of the logistics from start to finish. So we ask shops, shop owners to nominate their shops and fill out some essay questions and submit some photos to show us and tell us what their shop is all about. So I kind of coordinate that and work with our team of editors to select the shops. And we try to get a good variety of styles, locations, geographic locations, Um, Just a good mix so we have something for everyone to feature in an upcoming issue. And we have a spring-summer issue that usually comes out in May, and then a fall-winter issue that comes out in August or early September. So we're always working at least six months in advance trying to choose the shops, figure out the logistics of travel and going on location to shoot, and then also for the profile shop profile part of the feature, we assign a writer to write the shop's story, and I navigate that and send it through all our routing and editing process, as well as the same thing for our project submissions. So really, it's kind of managing all the parts and pieces, of which there are a lot, for all 10 shops 
profiles, and projects. Yeah, I can imagine you have to be very organized, and I'm sure you're sending off a bunch of emails and helping the shops through this process, too, because I'm sure they're nervous and excited and don't know what to expect. And it's probably their first time working with a magazine uh, and photographers for a lot of them. Yeah, which is great um, because... I can tell the excitement when I call and announce the news that they, they as owners and their shop will be featured. And it's really fun walking the shop owners through the process and helping them with the design process as well. Some are in-house designers and design and publish their own patterns, but others aren't. So it's really fun to have the collaborations with the shop owners and designers throughout the whole process. So fun. So what's the best part of your job? I would say the best part of my job, that's a tough question, but (laughs) I think the best part is working with the shops throughout the process because, as you mentioned, most of them haven't worked with magazines to do project submissions. So really it's kind of building a relationship with them and helping them through the process. And then I think finally when the magazine is printed and published and The shop owners receive their shipment of printed issues. They're always so excited, and that is that makes it worth all the work. I love that. Yeah, and um, the issue, the fall-winter issue of Quilt Sampler comes out tomorrow, officially on newsstands. So um, I'm sure maybe if you follow any of the featured shops on social media, you've been seeing them share their their quilt and they got issues a little early so they could be ready and some of them are having parties so it's really fun to see their excitement around that. Yeah it's really great that um, they're able to share it on social media and in their shops as well as in their newsletters. Some some shop owners do classes on their featured projects so it's really great to see it all come together and be a finished product. Yeah and to celebrate with them. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so what's your biggest tip or two for those shops that are applying to be a quilt sampler featured shop? My best tip is to tell your story. I think every shop owner, shop manager, um, I think everyone has a story and that's what we want to know. And you can do that through the photos and the essay questions. Um, I I think it's great to get some overall photos as well as some of the more mid-range photos that show displays and examples of how shop owners can inspire their customers to purchase the projects, the products that they're selling, and then inspire them to create and, and learn new things. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's great um, to have them tell their story because we hear a lot that what their shop does well is the customer service. Yep. And, I mean, you're a store. Everyone should provide great customer service. So we really like hearing what, what your unique story is, why you got into the business, what would make people drive, you know, miles and miles to come see you. Yeah, that is something that makes everyone stick out because everyone does have a different route or path, how they got to be a shop owner. And I think it's interesting to us as editors and as a selection team, but then we can pass that on to readers and and help them inspire to be more creative, too. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your personal quilting style. So what is your favorite quilt you've ever made? Okay, this is an easy one for me to answer. Um, Just last year, I finished a version of Points of Pride, 
which was published in American Patchwork and Quilting August 2010 issue, so from a while ago. And when I first saw the photo of that quilt, I loved it. But it wasn't really in my color palette. It was in a more traditional palette of blue and red and tan, which I love. It's a classic palette, but it's not me. So I decided to put my own spin on it and made it super scrappy and used scraps from all all of my bins for um, the, I replaced the red, blue, and tan with light blue, kind of aquas, green, and gray. And this particular quilt is a foundation pattern piece quilt which I hadn't done before. It's yeah. a New York beauty block. Oops, and it sorry. was king size too, right? It was king size. <laughs> I decided to make the big version. I figured just go for it. <laughs> so, But I loved learning the technique. It was new to me. I hadn't done paper piecing before. And I would work on it at least an hour every week for a long time. And then I took a little break from it and finally decided to finish the quilt. And I'm just so happy with it. I just, I love it. Every time I see it and every time I walk by it, um, when I'm getting into bed, I it makes me smile because it's um, it was a labor of love, definitely. But I'm just so proud of it. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. So maybe you already kind of answered this in your last answer, but how, how would you describe your quilting style? Are there certain colors or fabrics or techniques you're really drawn to? Yeah, I think that's why that Points of Pride version is my favorite quilt because it is a combination of all my favorite things. So I love blue and gray and green, kind of a beachy seascape color combo. It just makes me relaxed and um, just chill. I love it. And then also, I really liked doing the paper piecing. It was new to me. I had to train my brain because there's a lot of sewing and flipping and trimming and pressing. But I love the precision that you can get with paper piecing. And I think that made it a lot easier to get the points, of course. Yep. So, so that... So that quilt is kind of a combination of all of my favorite things. So Awesome. Yeah. So do you have a sewing tool you could never live without? I think, um, I mean, I think everyone would say the rotary cutter and a ruler and cutting mat. But from doing my paper piecing projects, the add-a-quarter ruler has been instrumental to my success. Mm, so, that's a good one. Yeah. When I was at a quilt market event, which is our industry trade show, a number of years ago, I was talking to Judy Niemeyer, and she does beautiful paper piecing projects. They're just amazing. And she did a little, was doing a demo in her booth and used the add-a-quarter ruler, and I just caught the end of the demo, and asked her a few questions about the add a quarter ruler and she did a demo for me and it changed my life. So I, I finished the project with more success and ease than earlier in the progress process when I was kind of struggling to trim it. And so the add a quarter ruler is my go-to for paper piecing. I'm going to have to check it out. Yep. Okay. So you picked up machine quilting in the long arm over the years. What do you like about you know, using that to quilt your projects? I think it's fast. 
it's a way for me, another way to express creativity. I think you it can express your personality and creativity when you're choosing a pattern and choosing the fabrics and, and the color combos. But it's another way to kind of have a creative outlet. And in most cases, I've done free motion quilting on the long arm. So I just have to teach myself and let myself know that like it's okay to just go with the flow and kind of wing it sometimes I do things for precision purposes but long arm is just more easygoing and and free form but I did take some classes on using rulers on the long arm and I'm excited to to try out those techniques too I've been begging Lisa to uh, be my personal machine quilter from now on. I would love it <laughs> if I had the time. It's it's really fun. Um, and I enjoy finishing my own quilts um, and, and doing something more intricate than what I can do on a domestic machine, which is great at the same time. But I think the long arm definitely, you see it laid out. You can see the overall quilt top and kind of map out your vision for it and then just go for it. Love it. So, how can people connect with you on social media? I am on Instagram. A month or so ago, I did an Instagram takeover for our brand, All People Quilt, and I love doing that. So, my personal Instagram name is Lisa M. Schumacher. It's my first name, middle initial, last name. And so, you can find me on there. I have made it a personal goal to try to post more photos on Instagram. I love the outlet of Instagram. It's like eye candy. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So everyone should go follow her. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then Lisa and I will be back afterwards, and she's going to share some great reader tips with you. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Use paint to create a larger-than-life chalkboard wall in your sewing space. You can use it to keep track of current project information and shopping lists. Bonus, batting scraps work perfectly as erasers. Get six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Hi, and welcome back to the American Patrick and Quilting Podcast. 
I'm back with Lisa, the editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine, and she's going to be sharing some great reader tips that have been submitted to us. I am. So I, when I got the request from Lindsay, I looked at some tips from the October 2018 issue of American Patchwork and Quilting, which is on sale now. And my favorite tip from that issue is um, featuring a magnetic dish. So um, there's a photo of it in the issue. Check, Go check it out. Look at the issue. But the magnetic dish holds all kinds of great little items for on-the-go sewing. So you can stash your scissors in there, thread, um, little clips for binding, anything you'd want to take on the go. And it's great for portable sewing. Yeah, and it's um, it's you can buy them at the hardware store. They're meant to hold like nails and tools that you're working mm-hmm. with. Um, but of course, we found another use for it, and I really love. I mean, I personally have used this one, and it's just great. Like your needle, your pins. Anything that's magnetic will stick to it. So if you're grabbing it to go, you're sewing outside, you're going on the road, um, everything just sticks right to it. So if, if there's a wind or you accidentally, you know, knock stuff over, you're not going to lose your entire project. And I've been using it for English paper piecing. Oh, nice. um, it's not, I mean, the tray isn't very big. It's maybe, I would say like 10 inches by like four inches deep. Um, so it's perfect for kind of like hand sewing that you would do, um, you know, on the go, but I personally love using like the wonder clips to um, hold my pieces. So when I'm done sewing the hexagons or getting things ready, I will put a clip on it and it sticks right to the metal so your pieces don't fly everywhere. That's a great tip on a tip. So, and the magnets are really strong, so it makes it great for even transporting from the house to your car and wherever you're going. Yeah, and that tip was submitted by Marjorie Veland from St. Charles, Missouri. So, great tip. We loved that one, Marjorie. Yeah, so when I saw that tip in the issue, um, I thought about other creative ways to use magnets and, you know, I think sometimes we get in the idea of using only sewing notions that are billed as sewing notions, but you can use other household items in your sewing room, and sometimes they're little great creative problem solvers. Absolutely. So uh, an item that I have that I use for both fixing my car And um, in my sewing room is a magnet that is on like a telescoping handle. And um, like I said, I use it in my car when I like drop a screw or, you know, something when I'm working in tight quarters. But it also works in my sewing room to pick up needles or pins or other items that have kind of dropped and hidden under my desk. So I can extend the handle and stick the magnet and kind of wave it around like a wand, and it it comes up with all the magnetic items that I've dropped. I love this. (laughs) It's great. And then another way to use um, a magnet in your sewing room is a magnetic pincushion. And I love using magnetic pincushion pin cushions because as I'm sewing, if I'm going quickly and doing chain piecing and and taking pins out as I go, I can kind of take the pin out and toss it in the general direction of my magnetic pin cushion and it kind of sucks it right into it. So (laughs) it's a great way to do some quick sewing 
and not have to be so precise as to stick them in the top side of your fabric pin cushion. Yep. And then one more tip, um, and this is a tip that I saw on our website, allpeoplequilt.com, is placing a piece of galvanized metal in a storage cabinet, and then you can cover that with wallpaper or another kind of paper to kind of put your own style on it and so it doesn't look like galvanized metal if you're not into that look. But then you can stash um, smaller items, pins, um, just a little bit of anything and stick those on the wall for some vertical storage, which is nice to be able to use vertical storage instead of desktop or surface space. Absolutely. That would be great to have, you know, on the wall right behind your machine so you can just kind of grab what you need right away without having to, you know, walk around your sewing room. Yeah, and you can get little containers that have a magnetic bottom and a clear top. Sometimes they're used for kitchen storage, yep. but um, that's a great way to be able to see into those little bins to see what you're looking at. Great idea. Okay, so we started off with the magnetic tray for portable sewing, and I thought I'd just give another quick list of portable sewing ideas to do while you're on your last bits of summer vacation or traveling in the car. So, Um, You could do embroidery, embellishing your quilt tops and finishing those, embroidery on tea towels or in a hoop, something like cross-stitch or other embroidery stitches, and then yo-yos, English paper piecing, um, or um, hand piecing or hand quilting, and then, of course, um, binding your quilts by hand. So those are some other ways to get some sewing in while you're on the go for the last bit of summer. I love that, and that might be great for upcoming holidays, yes. too, to keep in mind since you might be doing a lot more traveling. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing, Lisa. Okay, thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, Lisa, for those reader tips. I am now here with Allison, the designer for Quilts and More magazine, and she's going to be sharing some great trends that she's seeing on social media right now. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lindsay. So what trend are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about home decor. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. So um, lately I've been seeing a lot of fun home decor items popping up on social media, especially on Instagram, from rugs to pillows to... You know, people are making curtains and bags and all sorts of fun things to jazz up their home. Yeah, and I think it's really fun. I mean, there's so many great fabrics out there right now, and we know how to use them in quilts, obviously, and we love showcasing how to use them in quilts, but sometimes you don't want to cut up your fabric. You want to show off larger pieces, and you really want to customize your decor using these great fabrics. So I think it's fun to see more people making their own home decor items. Yes, definitely. It's fun to personalize your space that way, too, Yes, with more than just quilts. Yes. So we've been seeing what you're going to talk about next everywhere on Instagram now. Yes. So the, you know, the hottest thing we've been seeing right now are rugs. Um, there's a really great pattern out right now. It's called the Jelly Roll Rug, and it's by Roma Quilts. So you've probably been seeing a lot um, people kind of uh, pre-sew their strips of fabric and then kind of sew them in a coil pattern and then make a like an oval rug out of them and Nicole from Modern Handcraft who many people know has been experimenting with these rugs yeah and I've I mean I've seen a lot of designers on Instagram use it and especially a lot of them are using it as a way to show off their new fabric collections because it's a great way to use so many of their fabrics in a rug and I was so surprised when I saw this trend because 
to me, it almost seems wrong to step on, you know, a creation or, you know, put dirty feet or shoes on something that you spend so much time in, but they are so cute. Yes. And a great thing about them is that you can throw them in the wash. So yeah, you kind of think, oh, I don't know if I want to, you know, I spent, put all this time making this beautiful thing. Do I really want to use it and walk on it. Um, But yes, you can throw it in the wash. And the reason I mentioned Nicole is because she actually experimented and threw hers in the wash. And instead of like putting it in the dryer or something, she just laid it flat on some towels. And when it was dry, it was perfectly flat. So yeah, there are definitely ways to, you know, keep it clean. Yes. I think that's a really great point because it's obviously something you want to wash. And if you're gifting it to somebody, you really want to make sure that they can use it as a normal piece of, you know, rug or you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's called the Jelly Roll Rug. Um, so you can probably just Google that and the pattern will come up. And you can use your Jelly Rolls. You can use leftover two and a half inch strips. Um, great for your batting scraps. If you're cutting your batting scraps up into two and a half inch strips, a great way to use kind of your leftovers or personalize it with, you know, your favorite Jelly Roll. Yes. Very fun project. Yep. It's on my list to make. <laughs> So what else are you seeing? So I've also been seeing some baskets and, you know, there are obviously different kinds of baskets, um, some for storing larger things such as blankets and maybe you're putting your kids' toys away in there to kind of hide them, Um, (laughs) but also just some smaller baskets to put your sewing notions in or if you're traveling, just a great kind of way to stash things and have them prettied up so they're not just scattered all over the place. Yeah, and I think it's a different take on, I mean, we've seen a lot of people make, you know, bags and purses, but this is like a different type of bag. So a Mm -hmm. lot of them have stabilizers, a lot of them have cute, you know, hardware and handles to really help, you know, make sure they can be utilized in your home. Yes, and I think that's one of the fun things is that you can kind of cater them to what you want and you can put as much you know, piecing and work into them as you want, and they're still going to be functional. Yes. And we have one coming up, right? Yes, we have one coming in our Quilts and More Winter 2019 issue. So keep your eyes out for that. It's on sale at the end of October. Fun. I will keep a lookout for it. Yes. So what other home decor items? Um, this is always popular. It's kind of no surprise. Um, love seeing people making pillows whether, you know, they're making them for the season or making them to match their quilt project. It's just such an easy way to, you know, change up your decor and the look of your room. Yeah, I think it's a great way to change um, the look of your home, especially for the holidays, because you can, you know, just make pillow covers for all the different seasons or the holidays, and you can just use the same pillow form and just switch out the covers if you use, like, a zipper or an envelope back so you're not buying pillow form after pillow form to... For all your pillows. Yeah, I mean, I think they're such a quick and easy thing to make, and we don't always think about it because we get used to the pillows that are on our couches, you know, but it's easy to change them up. Absolutely, and we just actually asked on Instagram a few weeks ago if people make matching pillows for their quilts, and the majority of people said no in the poll, in in the Instagram poll we did. So, (laughs) great way to use up your scraps from your quilt and just make matching throw pillows or pillowcases. I think it really elevates the look of your, your projects. Yes, definitely. And As a side note, we do have a lot of great free patterns for pillows on our website, so you can check those out. Yep, so visit allpeoplequilt.com for those pillow patterns. Thanks so much, Allison. Thank you. She will be back in um, a month or two to share more trending things she's seeing on social media. We will be back after the commercial break.
This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Cut leftover binding into one and a half inch long pieces and use them as leaders and enders. Hi, I'm Jody Sanders, group editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcases. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQ Quilt Along to join the fun. Hi, and welcome back to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I am here with Elizabeth Stumbo, who is the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, everyone. So Elizabeth is going to be sharing some of her favorite product picks with us this episode. That's right. I kind of looked through our most recent issues um, from and kind of picked my favorite products from those. So I have products to share with you from American Patchwork and Quilting October issue and Quilts and More Fall issue, both which are on newsstands on sale now. Yay. Okay, so what's our what's your first pick? Well, the first pick I thought would be great for any of those quilters out there that are um, just wanting to sharpen their skills a little bit, or if there are any new or beginner quilters, this would also make a great gift for them. Um, so it's a series of four how-to books, and they are from GMC Publications by authors Susie Jones and Rachel Claire Reynolds. And what I love about these books is that they're broken down into four categories. The first one's on sewing, the second is on embroidery, there's one on machine sewing, and then the last one's quilting. So I just think these would have really good topics. Yeah, especially when we're in back-to-school mode right now, just, you know, having these really, they're really pretty books, these really mm-hmm. pretty reference guides, just to look great on yourself, but also to reference when you need a reminder on some of these skills. Exactly. All right, and then moving on, I have a couple rulers that I wanted to share with everyone. Everyone loves rulers. I love rulers. And so the first one I think is really unique, and I think it would be perfect for the quilters out there that love to play with color, or maybe even like to pull colors from their own stash. So what it is, is it's a ruby ruler from Wisecraft Handmade. And this uh, ruler looks unlike other typical rulers because it's red in color. So you can, um, if you're auditioning fabrics, you put this red ruler on top of your fabrics and it can kind of um, cancel out the colors. And so you can only focus on the value and the hues that you're seeing coming through. Yeah, I think that's great. This is great. We know a lot of quilters struggle with getting the right contrast in their quilts. So this is just a real, and it's small. It's only, I think, five inches. It's a five inch square ruler. Yeah, so you can fit it in your, you know, purse when you're going to the quilt store so that you can, when you're choosing fabrics there, just pull it out and kind of see how the contrast looks. I think it's a really great tool to have. And it functions as a ruler as yes, well. Yes, multifunctional. 
we love that. Um, speaking of multifunctioning, the next <laughs> one is a multi-size fussy cut ruler from Marty Michelle. And on this ruler, um, it has uh, five different square sizes that help you um, position over fabrics to fussy cut those fun motifs anywhere from one inch all the way up to six inch square size. So fun. I've been fussy cutting a lot of hexagons lately and have been needing, I've been trying to you know, fi- find the, a good ruler to yeah. cut those sizes. I love when um, products can serve more than one purpose, and mm. so this is all in one. Yes, awesome. So what? So what else are you loving this month? I'm also loving cork fabric right now. Oh yes. Um, I think we've seen this trend in the last couple of years get really strong. We've seen it appear at quilt market a lot, and people are just using cork fabric in some really fun ways to, um, you know, for home goods, for bags. And I just think it looks really fun. And um, it comes in a variety of colors and patterns and finishes. I've even seen some out there that have some, like, gold metallic um, motifs on them. And they're just really pretty. Yeah, and I think when we were seeing cork fabric right at the very beginning, it only had maybe just that typical cork color or cork look. And a lot of it was really stiff and hard to sew with. Um, but actually, this the cork we're specifically talking about is from Fabric Funhouse. And they have manufactured corks in so many different patterns and colors and styles. And they're so soft and easy to sew with. So it's great for a variety of projects. I know I just made a bookmark out of their cork oh, fabric. That's a great and idea. It was really easy to sew on. Yeah. I really look forward to working with these. Yes. Up next, I have a really cute spray bottle I want to tell you all about. This spray bottle is from Me and My Stitches, and it comes in eight different colors and has a cute um, quilt block motif on it. And I think this would be really great um, to use with your spray starches. And what I love about it, it has a really fine mist, so you're not going to get any glops of spray starch hitting your fabrics and creating big wet spots. Yeah, that's what I always struggle with when I'm using like a starch is that I will spray one spot pretty heavily mm-hmm. and, and not get that nice even thing. And it helps you save on your starch, too, because you're not using so much and having to, you know, wet your entire fabric. That's very true. Okay, so now we're going to get to some supplies that are aimed at like quilt machine or not machine quilting any type of quilting any type of quilting yes so um the first one i've kind of been um doing some hand quilting this summer and i have not used this tool myself but after um you know using hand quilting a little bit on my own i've realized like it can get tiring after a while <laughs> and so this next tool is tj's quick quilter quilting spoon and it looks like a spoon, but it has a flat head on it, and it has a very um, soft handle on it. And you use this underneath your um, layers of fabric, and it can just help guide you, guide your needle, um, and just really help you with that whole hand quilting process yeah, to be it, really precise. Yeah, it has an easy grip handle, too, so your fingers don't get fatigued when you're doing it. And if you like go to YouTube and look up this tool, you will see some great tutorials on how to use it. And it's amazing how fast you can get at the hand quilting process with this. Yeah, I think with a little bit of practice on this, this would really improve your hand quilting. Yes. Um, and we have a book to share with you, too, for those of you that might prefer to do machine quilting. This is from Martingale, and it is um, called 180 More Doodle Quilting Designs. And what I love about this book is it breaks down the process of machine quilting. First, you start with tracing the patterns they provide in the book. Then you can freehand draw the patterns, and then you actually get to quilting. So you're really practicing um that muscle memory when you are tracing and drawing um, these motifs. And there's a a ton of motifs to choose from um, for blocks, borders, and also corner units. 
Awesome. That's what I need to do. I need to practice drawing before I jump in. Yeah. And I just thought it was really fun um, doodle approach to it. Just really kind of a fun process. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about a few of my favorite products because I um, am quite the advocate of labeling your quilts. I label all of my quilts and there are some great products out there that make it really easy for you to do this. Yes. We have no excuse not to label label (laughs) your quilts anymore. We have a lot of great products in the October issue. Um, The first one is a book um, called Best Ever Iron-On Quilt Labels from C&T Publishing. And this has 100-plus motifs that are anything from seasonal motifs to occasion motifs. And what you do is you just cut out the motif that you like, and you just iron it onto the fabric of your choice. Then you can embellish it with crayons, embroidery stitches, applique to make them um, personalized. And what's also great is you can reuse these labels multiple times. That's great. And how many designs come in the book? Um, It just says 100-plus. Oh, awesome. That's a lot. lots and lots, especially when you can reuse them. Yeah, that's great. And then the last product is another um, label, and it is a fabric panel from Dear Stella, and it's called Made with Love, and it just has beautiful, whimsical illustrations and soft pastel colors um, with a lot of sewing-themed motifs, and it even has all the dotted lines printed on the panel, so it has your um, seam allowance, so you can't make any mistakes. Yeah, I love this because I have a another fabric uh, quilt panel that I use to do my labels, and it does not have... Um, space for the seam allowance so there's times when I have to piece really carefully it mm-hmm. into like other fabric um, for my label and sometimes I cut off the cute design and there's I love that this panel yeah. has considered that very considerate and if you are looking for more label ideas be sure to pick up the October issue of American Patchwork and Quilting we have a whole page on there full of label ideas Love it. Thanks so much, Elizabeth, for You're sharing welcome. your picks. She'll be back um, next month with some more of her top products. I loved hearing about all those products. And just a reminder, you can visit our show notes and we will have links to all of the products we talked about today so you can see more if you're interested and also buy them online. Okay, so I'm going to do a little segment right now. We're calling Quilting Changes Everything. We know quilters do so much to help their community, and we like to highlight some of these stories we hear. So um, I'm just going to share one heartwarming one with you today. So this story originally aired on KSTP Eyewitness News from Minneapolis, Minnesota. World War II veteran Jack Morrow is donating his time to care for new babies. When Jack Morrow and his wife moved into an apartment, she told him he needed a hobby, so the Army veteran took up quilting. He celebrated his 95th birthday at the beginning of August by finishing his 500th quilt. He donates his quilts to the charity Bundles of Love, a nonprofit that partners with the community to assist Minnesota families in need by providing handmade items for newborns. Jack says, You think of every baby who's going to get a quilt. I think, I wonder if this baby will like that. The baby won't know, but they will someday. They'll hang on to it. It makes me feel good. What an amazing story. We're sure that Jack has no plans of slowing down his quilt making and will help many more families feel at home with his handmade quilts. If you're interested in finding more out about Bundles of Love, you can visit bundlesoflove.org. They collect fabric, sewing supplies, knitting and crochet supplies, purchased baby items, as well as handmade baby clothes and blankets. So a great organization to donate to if, like Jack, you want to help them. 
So we love hearing these stories of quilters helping their communities. Jack is an amazing example of somebody using their time and hobbies to help those in need. And 500 is a lot of quilts. So he has helped a lot of different families. So thanks so much for this story. We'll be back after the commercial. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Secure the tool used to change your sewing machine foot to the side of your sewing machine with a hook and loop dot. It's always at hand when you need to make a foot change. We know our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests, listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I am here with Joanna Bergerino, who is the editor of Quilts and More, and she is going to share a fun new segment called Try This at Home. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm really excited for this new segment. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I love a good challenge, and boy, do we have some good challenges coming up for you guys. Yes, yeah, so we are having uh, three more editor segments before mm-hmm. the end of the year, and Joanna will be joining us for each one, sharing a fun challenge for you all. Mm-hmm. So today our topic is going to be make the most of what you've got, which I think is something that is very important to quilters, especially since we have so many notions and so much fabric. So to start us off, Lindsay, I have a question for you. Yes. And the question (laughs) is, what item in your sewing room do you feel doesn't get enough love? Hmm, That's a hard one. Um, I'm going to have to say probably my iron. Hmm. Um, I do a lot of applique, so I'm always using things like fusible. um, And I do use a lot of sprays and starches when I'm ironing. And I do not clean my iron very often, and there are quite a few times where I will be pressing fabrics and I will get stains on them just because I, you know, didn't take the time to clean off my iron, which is such an easy thing to do. And then it's so frustrating that I have to redo my pieces. Um, And I do, I'm living with quite a few quilts right now that I can still see um, a little stain, which only I would notice, but just because I, you know, ran out of the fabric. Oh, I hate when that happens. I am guilty as charged. I don't take very good care of my iron, and then I get the weird stains that you don't don't know what to do with. Um, Yeah, so what is your item, Joanna? Oh, I feel horrible admitting this, but it is my sewing machine. It is, like, the most important aspect of my sewing room, the thing I use every time. And I don't take care of it like I should. (laughs) I, I use tape to mark my quarter inch seam. 
And if I want to clean it, I have to take the tape off and then remeasure, and it's just such a pain. So I'm sure there are lots of dust bunnies inside, and it needs a little bit of love. It needs definitely to get some oiling and maintenance, too. Yeah, it is so funny just thinking about how we treat our supplies and so many of the supplies we use that are, like, integral to us having a great quilting project that we just neglect and it doesn't take very long to take care of these items. It really doesn't. I actually just learned that you need to either soak or treat your cutting mats so that um, they need more moisture since they're self-healing and the softer your mat is the better your cuts will be with your rotary cutter which is another item that I don't take care of quite as well as I should Um, but I definitely need to go home This is a wake-up call for me and get a nice water and vinegar solution so that I can work on moisturizing my cutting mat. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is like a great thing for us to talk about is just general maintenance tips for our Mm -hmm. tools. And that's part of the challenge today is making sure that you're taking care of these commonly used items Um, just because we know that some of these sewing items are expensive and just in order to have the best experience like cutting and ironing and sewing things need to be kept up and we don't want anyone struggling through the process just because there are these really basic things you can do absolutely and of course we always want to jump to the fun part which is the sewing but (laughs) it's not as fun when your materials are not kept up and um, one thing I should go back and add so each time we do this segment we're planning on following a format where we give you guys a little bit of hands-on advice we discuss the theme and maybe give you a little insight into some real world quilting because obviously we've just admitted we don't take care of our (laughs) notions quite as well as we should and we're always learning new ways to do that which we want to share with you so the first part's always going to be advice and then we're going to leave you with a challenge hence the try this at home and each challenge we're going to try and make it attainable so that you can actually meet your goals but we're also going to give you a little bit of challenge and we really encourage you to post on social media we have our own hashtag it's um, hashtag apq try this at home yep and we'll include all that information in the show notes too awesome so yeah we're really looking forward to seeing what you guys do with these challenges Um, but you have to wait because we still have some more tips for you before (laughs) we get there Okay, Joanna, so now that we know the hashtag, and I hope everybody at home has an item in mind in their sewing room that you really think could use some maintenance, um, why don't you give some other tips for how to take care of your items? Sounds good. So going back to good sewing machine maintenance, an important thing is changing out your sewing machine needle. And uh, we recommend every eight hours of sewing or so that you change out your needle. And I know that I'm not always good about that because you're caught up in the moment. But it really is a good rule to follow. It makes your machine work better. You get straighter seams. And it's just all around better for your machine and your notions and your finished product because it'll look better. Absolutely. And um, the other item I think that I know I personally need to work on maintaining better is my rotary cutter. Mm -hmm. I start and stop projects all the time. Um, I feel like I'm the queen of UFOs, and I know I just abuse that rotary cutter. So one thing I've started doing is just making sure that uh, every, every month or so, or when I start noticing I'm getting a lot of resistance in my cuts, that's when I change it. And I keep the old blade. I can use it for paper projects. So I'm not wasting. I'm still, you know, making the most of what I got, which is our theme for today. 
But it just helps me to make sure that the fabric cuts are smooth and that just makes your finished quilt better too because your blocks will be the right size. Yeah, and I would absolutely recommend that when you're doing things like changing your needle or changing your rotary cutter blade, like really pay attention to how easier the cutting and the sewing process is. I sometimes think like, um, you know, after hours and hours of doing something, like we don't notice how, you know, much of a struggle cutting has been, or we mm-hmm. start to kind of ignore the fact that there's little threads left over in your cuts that you have to re go back and do. But just paying attention to how great it feels when you change these things out can really be a cue to you when things are off and you need to change them again. Absolutely. And I feel like the more you sew, the more you get used to doing projects, you can tell when it's starting to get off. So um, I know I'm kind of frugal by nature, so a lot of times I know it's getting off and I convince myself it's not. And that's really not good for your projects or your machine. Um, Just don't do it. Just change them out. Yes, and of course, we do recommend you always clean out your sewing machine. I know I also don't do that often enough, mm-hmm. and um, Joanna had a great tip of something you're not supposed to do, which I am definitely guilty <laughs> of. Yes, you are not supposed to blow into the machine when you're getting the lint out, of, especially the bobbin casing. And it's so tempting. I know I've done it. Um, but it's it can actually blow the dust bunnies and the lint farther into the machine, and it can damage things in the long run. It's really better to just get a uh, chenille stem, um, sometimes we call them a pipe cleaner, and just fish out the dust that way. It'll attract it and pull it out, and it won't push it farther into your machine. And then you don't also have to worry about moisture in case you accidentally spit in your sewing machine. I know. Such a great tip. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so another used item in your sewing room that I feel like a lot of people overlook may be your fabric stash, specifically the scraps that you may be throwing away. Yes. I'm sure there are a lot of scrappy quilters out there who love using their scraps, but even for the most experienced scrappy quilters, it can be hard sometimes to figure out what to do with those teeny tiny little bits and how you're going to use them. Sometimes I will just point out I am i wouldn't consider myself a scrappy quilter, but even larger pieces of fabric, like if I'm using a collection and I only have, you know, maybe like a 10 inch square left here or larger fabrics, I will sometimes just get rid of those because I don't know what I would do with just that little amount of a fabric. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I would challenge people to do is try and use those up. You might be surprised about how small you can go. I once saw a quilt project that even used the little dog ears you cut off of a piece of binding. That's way too small for me. That's crazy. But <laughs> it, was, it was, I was, I applaud the uh, creativity. Yes, Absolutely. So. And so I think like maybe an obstacle, especially for me too, when using scraps is mm-hmm. like, what sizes do I cut them down to? How do I store them or organize them? That makes it easiest for using them in my projects. Right. Periodically, what I like to do is I have a bucket that as I'm sewing, I throw all the scraps into it. Then I take the bucket when it gets fairly full and I dump it. And it's usually in the middle of um, my living room, which is great when guests come. And I... I start sorting by, I usually go by color. Some people like size or fabric type or theme. Um, Color I find works really well for me because I am not a big fan of busyness in quilts. Um, So like charm quilts where every fabric in the scrappy quilt is different. They're they're just not for me. I I admire people who love them, (laughs) if that makes any sense. But... um, I like a more controlled color palette. So what I will do is I will group 
the different prints so that they match. So I will have all of a particular shade of coral. And then I will use those coral bits as if they were one fabric. That's a great idea. And I do know a lot of quilters that do cut their fabrics down to specific sizes because they Mm -hmm. make a lot of a certain size block or they, you know, use two and a half inch strips frequently or three inch squares frequently. So just cutting all of your scraps down Mm -hmm. um, when you're done with a project into those sizes can help them as well. Absolutely. I have a quilter friend who likes to cut them into uh, two and a half by three and a half. That's her favorite size. Mm -hmm. And then she will sew the rectangles together and make charity quilts. Oh, that's an awesome, that's Mm -hmm. an awesome idea. Yeah. And um, Lindsay, I remember you were telling me that you're a big fan of using your scraps uh, in the backs of your quilt. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yes. So I am a person that I like to use a certain color palette or a certain fabric collection, the fabrics that I pulled for one project, and then Mm -hmm. I like to move on and try totally something new. Um, So when I'm done with a project, I will use all of the leftover fabrics I pulled for that to piece a back. So sometimes I'll do something a little more creative with blocks. Sometimes I'm literally just sewing the fabrics together in whatever order they go in, and then that color palette all stays together in one quilt, and then I don't have to worry about feeling guilty for not using mm-hmm. the scraps. Um, so I, yeah. that's a great tip if you've never done that. Okay, so what it, what are the takeaways, or what's the challenge we have for our readers? So the challenge for today... We have it's it's a two parter, but you can you can pick either both or one or the other. It's totally up to you. But find the most neglected piece of equipment in your sewing room, and spend fifteen minutes giving it a little bit of TLC. If it doesn't take the full fifteen minutes, your sewing room's probably not as neglected as mine. So congratulations. <laughs> um, the second challenge. If you don't have neglected items in your room or you've got a little bit of extra time, uh, add one scrappy block to a current project. The scrappy block can either match it or be completely different and be just a pop of surprise. Uh, you can make it stand out. You can make it blend in. You can hide it on the back if you uh, really don't want to show it off. Whatever it is, it's your call. And then we want to see your scrappy block or your pristine sewing item that you just cleaned using the hashtag APQ. Try this at home. Awesome. Well, I know I'm going home right now to clean my iron. (laughs) Yes, my poor sewing machine is finally going to get a little love. (laughs) Well, thanks for this challenge, Joanna. You're welcome. I can't wait till next time. Okay, we will be back, or Pat, Pat will be back next week for another podcast. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. 
And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.